Everything is Awesome is part of Courts and Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, movie, and geek podcasts. Check out some of our other shows, like TV Ate My Brain, Let's Chat with Revelant Friends, and Podstalgic at courtsandparts.com. Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kev, and this is the show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. Uh, This week is our second episode in our Philadelphia Podcast Festival uh, series of podcasts where multiple times a week I'm releasing episodes where we interview people uh, that are doing shows during the Podcast Fest. Uh, this is act- ironically, this is actually probably the second episode that airs during that run, but the uh, the first one that I'm recording. Uh, last week, you listened to me speak to uh, Ophidian the Cobra during the live show that we did at Amalgam Comics and Coffee House, uh, which was awesome. I hope you were there because that's just a little taste of what we're going to do uh, on July 16th at 2 p.m. when we're part of the Philadelphia Podcast Fest at Tattooed Moms. Uh, but this week, we're going to be sitting here down and talking to, uh, and I'm cheating because because this is the second time we're recording the intro. Uh, <laughs> so I know I know my guest's last name this time only because I screwed it up last time. But uh, he is the host of the High Res Pod, uh, graphic designer uh, from Philadelphia, I assume from Philadelphia, yeah. otherwise he wouldn't be part of the Philadelphia Podcast <laughs> Fest. Uh, Ryan Starr, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Kev. Yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> uh, what, what, what should we go back on? What, what, what were we talking about? We should we should uh, circle back. I, I was telling you when we first started about how excited I was to talk to you tonight, just yes. because of the fact that, and we kind of got into the fact that like we don't know anybody else who's into podcasting. It's it's like. It's something, you know, like you, you talk to your friends, you get all excited about it and you're kind of like, they're like, ah, yeah, that's, that's yeah. great. You know, so, so this, this is. is really cool. I was really looking forward to chatting with you tonight. Yeah, podcasting is a thing where like if people aren't into it, like they don't want to like geek out about it. And um, I like I, I mean, I don't listen to anything but podcasts. So uh, like if I'm listening to something, it's either uh, one of the I don't even know how many podcasts I have in my subscription list, but it's it's one of those podcasts. I mean, I've gotten to the point where I have to listen to almost all of them at one and a half times speed uh, in <laughs> order to stay current. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you have a schedule, own. right? You have a schedule. Right? Oh. Like, like every day, you know where you're hitting, right? Uh, no, not really. Because no? yeah, because I uh, sometimes I will let that let it go like a day or two because I'm I'm working on my own stuff. Um, that's the problem being a creator is that you know you it's hard to balance creator and and fan and listener uh, when it comes to podcasting because when you're recording a podcast, not only do you have the time you need to put time in to record it, then you need to put time in to edit it. Uh, and then to, to post it, which is, you know, kind of part of the, I guess, editing phase. But, um, so like it's, you know, this hour conversation we're going to have turns into about a two and a half, three hour project. Uh, so that's, that takes, that's three hours that I can't listen to a podcast. That's uh, true. Yeah. Well, so, you know, it's so funny. I have, a, I have an episode that's on deck for the, for the next episode. Uh, we'll be coming out in like 
two weeks from now or from a, maybe I guess a week from when we're talking now. And it just ran super long. And uh, it was this guy named Rashid Zakat and uh, we just met him that night. And it's like, I want to be this guy's best friend. Like we just hit it <laughs> off so well. And, and it was funny cause I didn't know how, you know, I mean, you never know going into these conversations, how they're mm. going to go. And, and, uh, but we just, we, we started talking and we started talking about the movie Moonlight and that segued into the WWF. I don't know how. Oh my God. And from there it was just full on. It was, it's going to be like, usually, usually my podcast runs a little over an hour with like intro and everything. And this yeah. one, this one's going to easily be two hours. I was thinking about breaking it up. I don't know if it makes sense to break it up. I kind of feel like I just want to throw people right into it and just let them, you know. So, so I'll give you some advice on that, that I was given uh, a couple, a couple uh, months ago, probably right, last ahead. year, last year I was the guy that broke it up. So like, I have a lot of part one, part twos. Um, and then I was talking to, uh, Sean from the horribly awkward podcast and he said, just throw it all up. Cause the only people that care about that is us as podcasters. We think that it needs to be in this little bubble of time. And there's a, I think there is a truth to that. Like there, it, people have a, uh, an attention span that I think lasts about 45 minutes to, to an hour. Right. And actually, and actually I worry about it in the sense of, of what you were talking about, having this finite amount of time. And I kind of feel like people when they download it and they see two hours are like, Oh shit. Like I, like I, I'm going to have to get in some kind of headspace to listen to this. Like I got to, you know, they like, you try to like coordinate your, your, your commute time to like, when am I going to be doing dishes? Can I like, <laughs> you know, like, like when can I listen to this? And I, cause you know, it's funny. I had this episode that came out very early on. It was actually one of these, like, like, you know, you know, you have those episodes where you're like, Oh, this is what the show is. I didn't even know what the show was until I did this episode. And now I feel like this is where I need to take the show. And, uh, it was, it was with this guy named Kevin Jackson. We just sat down and we had a very similar conversation in the sense that it was like 45 minutes into the conversation. And I hadn't even gotten around to talking about his work yet. Or like, you know, <laughs> like we were just like, we were talking about nine 11 and I was like, how the hell am I going to swing this back to, uh, to, to where I need to get to. Yeah. And I realized like tangents are where good podcasts live like oh, that, absolutely you know, and it was like oh just don't just let it go so it ended up being like an almost two hour episode yeah and it, like i said it was early on in the show and it's probably gained since then but it's 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 it did not it was not one of the higher downloaded episodes and i was afraid it was because it was ended up being so long I mean, I think that it, that's a deterrent to, to newbies, but, um, as far like at this point for me, um, and I, I would say, uh, like this show kind of birthed from, um, not wanting to take podcasting so seriously anymore. The, you know, uh, before we started recording it, you know, we, we both mentioned me doing this for 10 years and, uh, for the first, I'd say, uh, seven of those years, it was all about like, how can I manipulate podcasting into a way to make money and, and be a full-time gig? Uh, which if you go into, I think anything really, any kind of anything that's more, that's, I guess an art or a creative process thing, you're, you're gonna, I think fail. Uh, it should be something that's maybe in the back of your mind. Um, but as soon as I started developing this show and stopped caring about how uh, good it was as far as can I make money off of it, can people respect it and whatnot, is when I started seeing, uh, A, being just creatively fulfilled. Like, I've never been happier podcasting than I have been with this show. Uh, and, and B, like, within a couple months of doing this show, I booked, you know, the Aaron McGathy interview. 
uh, that was huge for me. Uh, I was able to book the Philadelphia Podcast Fest last year as, as the first time doing it for me uh, live in like I think eight years at that point. Uh, and, um, just being asked to do a show live at another venue and then doing a show live in New York and just kind of a snowball effect of all these cool things that were happening, still not making money off the show, but like just cool things that, that make it just so fun to do and make me happy about what I'm doing that, um, yeah, I don't, I just don't care about the, if I do, if I have a two hour show, uh, I'll air it as a two hour show now because, you know, it's, I may lose some people on that episode, but the people that want to listen to, as you said, uh, tangents, that's usually what this show is about is just <laughs> tangents. That's uh, probably where I'm going to go with it. I, I kind of feel like I, if, if I break it up, you're going to lose any kind of momentum in the conversation. So, and I'm right there with you with the whole making money because, uh, you know, I, I, I haven't made money from day one and I'm standing strong on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what? You know, it's it's it what's so funny about it is it's like you know, like I've I've invested money into it. You know, I wouldn't say like a lot, but you know, I mean, you know, you know what the the you yeah. know day to day costs are of, of of doing a podcast, and 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 frankly, it's like it's so minimal that I kind of I think about it like, look, I don't golf. I don't mm. do like, you know, um, rock climbing. Like I, I don't do things where it's like I need to, you know, travel somewhere to do it. Like, you know, it's like I'm not spending that those gobs of money on some yeah. hobby. Well, I am. I'm spending my gobs of money on podcasting. <laughs> so, I mean, that's where I choose to spend my money, you know, and and, and I get happiness out of doing it. So, so yeah. I don't really – I, I don't really feel that it'd be great, you know, if somebody was like, "Hey, we want to advertise with your show," you know. And I've done some like in kind stuff, of course, but but usually it's just you know, I'll scratch your back, you scratch my back, yeah. kind of thing, and, and I'm fine with that too. And and you know, I mean, I I think to some degree that adds a little bit of le- legitimacy to it, you know. That I, I think there's like a. Uh, you know, when, like when someone's listening on the other side and they hear you doing a read for something, like they're like, it brings a certain amount of uh, gravitas to it for some reason, you know, it's because yeah, yeah. uh, I, I had this friend who uh, like I did a uh, I, I did a read for I think it was for the coffee shop next door to our to our agency. And I was literally like just doing a trade with them, you know, like mm. and uh and he hadn't tuned in in a while. And he tuned in, and he was like, "Wow, I hear you have sponsors now. That's great." And I'm like, "Yeah, but I, it doesn't. It doesn't mean I'm quitting my day job, you know?" Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. Even if you find a way to make some money off your podcast, you, I, I don't. Unless you're a big name like Adam Carolla or Kevin Smith or um, you know, or Mark, you know, you're you're not going to. Yeah, no, that's a pipe dream. Yeah, yeah. it's it's you might be able to cover some costs and like, that's like kind of like whenever I talk about Patreon for, for this show and, and the, the parent company of the show, it's, it's all about like, if we could get to that base level of where it covers operating costs, like that's where I would be so happy to be at. Because, me, me too. Me too. Cause whereas it's not like a lot of money, it's still enough like to, because, and our Patreon is not just for our podcast, it's for everything that we do, which is mainly podcasting, but you know, it, it, it at least offsets those costs where I can do other cool things or I can invest into, you know, cause I, I want to say it's like probably close to like, I don't know if I had to average it out, it's probably about 15 to 20, $25 a month that we spend on hosting and domain names and whatever other miscellaneous bullcrap there that has a monthly fee attached to it. Um, so like it's, 
you know, it's it, like you said, it's not super expensive. It's I don't same way. I don't go to the gym. I don't have, you know, I don't go golfing. I don't do anything really except for podcasting that costs me money um, outside of like life. Like anything that's a hobby, I'm, I'm right with you. Like this is my hobby. I don't have any other hobbies really. Like I stopped buying comic books way back in the day because, you know, that was getting expensive. I was spending $30 every two weeks or whatever. Sure. Uh, so, you know, I just, whenever I have free money, it's usually put towards, f- towards this. And like the next big thing that I'm actually like, I wish I had a Patreon following for, uh, to help cover these costs is re- redoing my actual studio. Like that's the thing that, uh, I'm working on, which my studio is my shed. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, I want to like, I'm ripping down all the pegboard that's in there. I'm hanging up sheetrock. I'm going to paint it. So it looks nice. going to get n- nice storage, uh, racks to, to, for the shed side of the, stu- of the shed and then, uh, make a custom table for podcasting so that I have it in there. Um, so like, that's going to be like a, about a $500 project, I think when it's all said and done, uh, and which is good because over 10 years I have enough equipment to like be satisfied with what I have for now. Uh, but knowing that like I've talked to, um, like bridge set sound, who is one of the venues for the Philadelphia podcast fest this year. Uh, and I think for the last, I think almost every year, if not, if not every year, the last three years they've been a venue. Um, and they're actually, uh, Steve, who is the owner of Bridge at Sound, uh, he's actually started his own podcast and, uh, he'll be, uh, part of the podcast fest on, I, I don't have the dates in front of me, but he'll be part of the po- podcast fest as well. Um, but I was talking to him, uh, you know, we've talked about like the equipment that I need to, to upgrade and, and, uh, to just kind of be at the quality, not, not even it's, it's again, it, I say quality. I at the end of the day, I think my show sounds pretty damn good for for what it is, um, and so it's just like buying all this crap to make me feel better. No one else is going <laughs> to care, you know. <laughs> no, I think there's a lot of forgiveness with podcasts in terms of sound too. I mean, I, I think people it, it's such a it's so. I mean, we forget how early on we are in this medium. Of, yeah, you know, like yeah. internet radio, if you want to call it that, if you want to call it podcasting, you know, like what, like just how early how you know, we're just in the infancy of it right now. And yeah. so, you know, when I first started out, I was taking, I have like a Zoom H2 microphone and I was trying to make it, you know, like, like I, I felt like it was a bit of a hard sell with uh, with graphic designers. So, so basically my show is I talk to graphic designers and creatives in the Philadelphia area about their lives and their work. And, uh, and I felt like it was a bit of a hard sell at the beginning. I don't, I don't know if I just made it a hard sell or if it really was, but, but I tried to make it as easy as possible. You know, I was like, I'll come to you. I'll come to your studio. You know, you don't have to worry about it. I got this great microphone and, and it is a great microphone. However, you know, recently I, I went going back and I was listening to those early episodes and, and I was like, oh, I, I want to pull these so bad. I know I won't and I know I shouldn't because it's part of a process and this is showing the process and that's a good thing because now when you listen to the show, it sounds so much better. I have these Behringer microphones. I have a bit of a studio. It's kind of more of a concrete slab and I know I should like put up some like foam, but it's like in my, my office. It's not my space really. So I'm like, you know, I... I'm trying not to, uh, to, to, to push their, their boundaries as far as possible, you know? Yeah. Uh, so, so like I record in the basement in my, my agency in old city. So, you know, oh, okay. it's like, so, but, but, but I've, I've reduced any kind of like sound, like it doesn't sound canny, you know, it doesn't sound like, you know, uh, you know, our voices are bouncing off the wall or anything, you know, like, uh, you know, I've, I've kind of 
honed it down to to a degree now where when there is an issue with sound quality it bugs the hell out of me you know it's I'm just like ah <laughs> oh, shit like you know like if the HVAC turns on for some reason because I forgot to shut it off you know or anything like that you know it's just like oh shit let me go do that real quick it's, uh, it's, you know it's, uh, it's, it's but you know, I, I think people are, for the most part, a little bit more forgiving. Do you know? So. Totally. It's uh, yeah, I, I think so too. It's nuts that like uh, you know, going to the the like the quality and, and the background noise. Once I learned, which took me literally, it was during the course of this show. So within the last year and a half, I learned how to properly reduce noise in the background, like just that that hissing sound that you sometimes get if you if you have, I guess, a bad connection or whatever, um, or if you just have like a. a, a a lot of background noise that's just in your ambient area. Uh, I learned recently how to get rid of that probably about, you know, if I would say probably February or March of last year, cause I, I was doing something that it really bothered me on. So now like I hear, like you said, I hear the, the littlest thing because I know how to a avoid all that crap. And then B, uh, even if that crap happens, I can, I can usually get rid of it. And then every now and then something still slips through and I can't get rid of it. And, um, I'll say one thing is that Zencaster, uh, which is what we're using to record today, helped me a lot with that because I don't have to worry about, you know, okay, well, there's something going on in the background of my guest side. So I don't have to worry about it affecting, uh, my voice. If I'm talking over it or something, I can easily go in there and edit out me, you know, editing out you coughing or editing out me saying it's, it's, it's over you as you're trying to say (laughs) something like I can go in if I really want to edit that out, which I'm, I'm a big, I used to do this. I used not, not this show. I used to do podcasting live. I used to stream it through stick cam, uh, which was the YouTube of live streaming back in the day. Uh, so like, I'm very much of that mindset of like, whatever happens, just leave it in. Uh, so, so my editing process is probably a lot simpler, uh, than everyone else's. Yeah. Uh, I'm still, I'm still very much into, uh, uh, you know, opening Adobe audition and I'm a bit of a fascist when it comes to the, ums. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny. It's like, I, I definitely like, I clean up my guests. The majority of it is me cleaning up my guests and maybe like tightening up answers, you know, like if mm-hmm. they had to take some time and, and think about something, cause sometimes I'm throwing questions at them that they, they just don't really think about, you know, and, and they mm-hmm. have to take a moment and just kind of process it but it's like you know obviously thinking of the listener it's like you want to keep the episode snappy and you know yeah. the ans- the answers following the uh, the, qu- the questions uh but i do it just as much for myself too you know just to clean myself up and and make myself sound better and i've only really really maybe in like the past like six months or so if i don't get the question out clean in the first like first time i try i i, I nail it the second time like i'll just say it twice and it, in conversation it, it just sounds like i'm like reinforcing what i just asked but i know yeah. in my head it's like no i know where i'm gonna make that cut <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah you know what i don't um, I don't. Well, there it is now. I, I I do say it, and probably probably more than I should. The us and the ums. I I uh, I don't notice it anymore. Uh, me saying it, and I now that I I'm trying to bring attention to it and avoid it. I know I'm saying it a lot more. You it's become like, a master of you become. I think I feel like as a podcast host, you become a master of vocal tics. And yeah. it's like, especially on the guest side, like, like it's mm-hmm. like, oh, this person's a clicker. This is a person, which I, in fact, I'm a clicker. I realized I was interviewed for another podcast, uh, not, you know, maybe like six months ago. And, and I realized once we were doing the interview, I was doing the, every time he'd ask me a question, I'd go, 
I do that, 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 that click right before <laughs> yeah, I answer. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm a clicker. And, uh, but, you know, you have the people who do the rolling ums. They'll do the, the – that's the worst when you're trying to edit because they'll do the rolling um into the answer. Like, a, um, well, I got into podcasting, you know. And then <laughs> yeah, you have the people yeah. that just do the um. And the ums are fine. Ums are good. Like, um, it's just the thing is, it's like I, I've realized, like, and I did get – probably too tyrannical with it it's like you got to keep some of the ums because otherwise it doesn't sound like a real conversation it sounds like people reading a script yeah you know? like yeah. so so you, you need to keep that that looseness of conversation in there for sure and i'd say that that with this show i think that at least on my side i think my uhs and ums tend to be now more just natural anyway. Like I, I, I've talked enough over the last 10 years, uh, to, to be able to speak. And if I throw a, uh, or I'm in there, it's, it sounds more like part of a natural conversation. So I only ever notice it if I have a guest that says it too much and that might be when I edit it. But other than that, my editing process is usually just listening to the show again, making sure there's no audio drift. Cause that seems to be usually my biggest problem, probably because out of 10 interviews, nine of them are remote, if not all 10. Uh, so, so that can be an issue uh usually if i'm talking to somebody that's you know within the states at least it's rare that that's an issue so it's literally me listening and going back uh to make sure that there's just no audio issues and whatnot the the one time that i ever in the last two years that i sat down to like make sure that i i spoke slowly enough that I wasn't speaking faster than my, what, what I was thinking. Cause I have that issue all the time is, uh, for January, we did a, our first annual potiversary show at tattooed moms, uh, with four other shows. So we, we, uh, promoted it on Ben FM. They do, um, a podcast every Saturday morning called, well, airs on 95, seven, 95, seven, Ben FM. also publishes as a podcast called, uh, Ben around Philly. So, uh, I was on that to promote the Potiversary show, so I went into that knowing, okay, Kev, you say uh and um way too much to be on real radio, so <laughs> you need to, like, know what you're going to say and, and be good, and I want to say, like, if that was, a, we'll say a 12-minute segment, about nine minutes in, I went without saying uh or um. And when I did say it, I just, I blinked, I blinked. I know the host saw me blink and like, <laughs> like we both knew why, it, why it happened. Uh, and, but I was like so proud of myself because listening back to it, like Saturday morning, I think is when it airs, uh, in the, I threw on uh, 95.7 on my phone. We listened, I listened to it. It was just a big deal for me to be on FM radio. Cause it was kind of like a dream come true. Cause that was the original dream, right? Like, uh, I know before on our first take of uh, of the show, you mentioned you had a daughter who is in fourth grade. So I assume that you're probably around my age or older. I'm I'm thirty. I'll be thirty three this year. Oh uh, yeah, I know. I'm a little older. I'll, I'll, I just turned thirty nine. I'll be forty. Okay. So okay, yeah. I have uh, I have two kids. I have a five year old and a uh, three year old. Uh, very cool. So, uh, but for, so, so I, you, I, I have a, I have a four year old who will be five in July. So oh, yeah, well, I'll be 33 in July. So <laughs> I actually, I, I turned 33 on the 13th. So my, my birthday weekend will be celebrated at the podcast festival. Oh, very cool. But so, uh, um, but you, so you grew up at a time 
where pod, like there was no internet radio. Same with me. Oh like, God, no, no, yeah. no. And I was, you know, it's funny. I, I never, I don't think I ever actually considered going into radio, but I did have this moment where it was the college I actually ended up going to. We went to uh, this is oh, this is so cringeworthy, but it was it was me and my buddies. We were you know high school kids, and we went to the uh, the open house for for my college, Pennsylvania College of Technology. And I had no idea I was going into graphic design yet. You know, I didn't really, I, I was actually there. I, I was there because my friend's mom went there and it was like an open house. And she was like, oh, you know, you guys should come out and check out the school. You'll be going to college in a few years. And they were doing, they had the college radio station and they were doing like, essentially like an open mic for people to come oh, in. Awesome. And there was a DJ who was kind of moderating it. And it was this very put upon college girl who was like, I, I don't know what the hell the guy in front of us was talking about. Like, I think he was talking, I think he was in school already and he was talking about his major. It was just very dry. And it's like a college radio station. They're like, you know, like he's, you know, he's talking about engineering and it's like, you know, and then here's sublime, <laughs> you know, and it's like, like the segues were terrible. So we're like, we went into it. And it was so funny. Cause I mean, I, I think we, you know, I, I know, I, I know I was into Howard Stern at, at that age and you know like uh you know private parts was out and uh so i was pretty familiar with kind of being like uh, you know i use the word irreverent loosely here but it was like you know we were like gonna go have some fun on the radio so we were like I remember, like, we were like, it was it had just turned. It had been daylight savings time, and we were talking about all the things we would have done with that lost hour. <laughs> that that was the topic we chose to to talk about with this girl. And I, I want to think that, like, the look on her face was she. It looked like she was just so happy we were there. Like she just, like especially after the guy that was just there, just talking about like, well, there's any number of things that you can do with a degree in engineering. You know, like, like we come in and we're like, look, we could have made minute rice. You know, uh, you know. Uh, you know, 60 times, like, uh, uh, but, uh, hey, real quick, I just got a message that lost connection to server, attempting to reconnect. We should be good. good. Okay, sorry. So anyway, but yeah, so we, uh, yes, that's reconnected now. Uh, So, yeah, so we, you know, it was uh, like, that was my one taste of it. And I always got, I mean, I always enjoyed it. And then podcasting came around and I never really gave it too much of a thought uh, of of doing one for the longest time, and kind of going back to that whole thing of not having a friend that's into it. It's <laughs> kind of like it was like I, I needed to do it with somebody. Like I, I'd want to do something like this. Actually, I think one of the like the first things I thought of was was doing a show kind of like this, where it was just you know two guys talking and whatever mm-hmm. we talk about, we talk about. And yeah. uh, and I just you know like kind of got like lukewarm response. Like yeah, that sounds cool, but it was like nobody knew anything about audio and. And, uh, and then I got to a point where I was like, well, you know, maybe I just need to put the, the, the onus on me if I'm going to do this, you know, and I, I'd been listening to podcasts for years. I started listening to Ricky Gervais when Ricky Gervais was putting out podcasts. And then I got into Mark Marin, and, uh, you know, just from there it just snowballed. And, uh, so I was like, well, you know, it makes sense to do one on graphic design. So maybe I could have guests make it more like Marin's show, you know, the, but, but more specific to, to, to design in Philadelphia. And, uh, so, you know, it was, it was a joke to call it high res. <laughs> I, was, I, I was saying, I mean, I would, I would make this joke for probably a straight year before I finally bought the microphone where I would just go, you're listening to high res with Ryan Starr, <laughs> you know, and that, like in this very NPR ish voice. And, uh, and it's so funny because when I first started out, I think I did have this very like serious tone. Like if you listen to those first episodes, it's like, you're listening to high res. I'm Ryan Starr. Today's guest is, you know, and I was just like, and it was, it, it, you wouldn't believe it, but like, I remember the moment where I was like, 
I'm going to be casual in this intro. Like I'm going to switch <laughs> over. You know, like like you know, you're talking. To, I think I don't remember if it was in this conversation or the last one where we were talking about like nobody cares about the numbering of episodes. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was like nobody cares about how I treat the intro to the show. But it was a monumental shift for me. I was like, I was like, all right, this is going to be an episode. And I was like. Hey everybody! Welcome to High Res. Available on iTunes. I was like, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. This is the episode. <laughs> yeah, like this, this is the turning point. I was like, nobody cares. I don't even know how many listeners I had at the time. So you know, but uh, but yeah. So I I I decided I was going to do this on graphic design and and uh, and yeah. It's just kind of. Um, I think I was saying earlier about like uh, you know I was just taking this microphone into people's spaces and just plonking it between us and we would talk for a while and eventually it did get to a point where I was like okay I can bring people into my office at work we can you know I can control the the area a little bit control control the environment a little bit more and and uh, yeah and it's been great I mean I've, I've I've absolutely loved every minute of it you know and uh, uh, it's a lot of work but uh, but you know like. I, I, but there's not really any part of it that I really don't like, you know? So, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's for me, it's, it's like I said, it's almost doing this is, is kind of fulfilling that dream and, and being like, you know, going back to the original comment of the dream was like being on, uh, being on Ben around Philly, uh, doing the FM gig. Like I remember, I don't, and I don't know if you remember back when YSP, was I was um, probably I was pro- I was in high school still, so I was like sixteen or seventeen years old, and YSP was doing like this contest where you could become a, a DJ on uh, uh, on YSP. I don't remember it specifically on YSP, but but I, I know I know some of the uh, the the uh, stations around here occasionally still do that. What's the, what's the one? Uh, was it one hundred four five? One zero four five. One zero. Yeah, I think it's one of the alternative stations. Yeah, yeah. One. It's probably one zero four five because that's uh, God. Uh, why can I not think of the name of the station? It's what it's what I listen to all. The, I think it's is it literally just called Radio One Hundred Four Five. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It is Radio uh, One Hundred Four Five. Yeah, that, that, when I do listen to music, when I'm not listening to a podcast, like when my phone dies, it's usually one zero four five that I'm listening to. But yeah, so YSP, and this was before like Stern was still on terrestrial radio. I don't think he bailed until I was in my um, maybe late teens or early twenties. Uh, so uh, opening Anthony may have even still been on in the morning or maybe they were recently or not in the morning in the afternoon. Maybe they were recently let go because of the whole church thing. Right. Right. But they were, so YSP was doing Wait, something. Was it the church thing or the milk thing with those guys? What was the milk thing? Remember didn't somebody get like really sick with drinking like a ton of milk? I, I know the church. Yeah. I think you might be right about the church thing, but then didn't they lose another gig because of like, uh, like they had this thing about like you can't drink like a, a gallon of milk or like two gallons of milk, and somebody Same. actually did. And I don't know if they died or if they got really really sick or something. I know there was. I don't know if this is what you mean or if, if this is just another thing that happened with another radio station. <laughs> but there was this like the contest of uh, we for a we. Where you would have to drink a bunch of water and I think either not pee yourself or you weren't, your hand was on a, I think it was, yeah, you just drank as much water as you could and you, you weren't allowed to go to the bathroom until like you had to be the last man standing. And I think that's when the world discovered water poisoning. Like you can drink Uh, too much water. Uh, And I don't know if a person died. 
Yeah, and, and it wasn't a radio station around here, uh, so I guess it wasn't O and A. But I don't know. I don't remember the milk thing. So that I don't know if that was them. It could have been because I, I didn't really listen to O and A until I started driving my own car. So when I was, you know, I guess fifteen with a permit, uh, and uh, they were because they were on in the afternoon on um, on YSP. And I remember them just going away. And years later is when I discovered, I think they went away because of the, the church incident, uh, as they call it. I think you're days. right about that. I mean, I do know about that. I remember yeah. that. I don't, And I don't remember the milk thing. It sounds like something they would do for sure. But I do not remember that. And that may have been something maybe early on or maybe after they left. I'm not sure. But we, we had YSP was was looking for for DJs and me and my buddy who again were in high school were like hey we can do this and uh, we never we never recorded a demo and sent it in like we said we were going to and I in two thousand and seven well probably two thousand six is a uh, no two thousand seven is when Smodcast started uh, February of two thousand seven and I think that was the first podcast I started listening to was Kevin's the Smodcast. And, um, and it was at that point where it was like, Hey, this is something like kind of like radio where I could do this. And it was in June of 2007 that my buddy was like, Hey, I want to uh, produce a podcast. Who wants to host it? And at the time I was, uh, and my listeners probably are rolling their eyes cause I've told this story not a while it's been some time so you know this can kind of be like a new issue number one if you're in comic book terms but i uh i was wrestling for years and uh i broke my ankle in february of 2007 actually it's probably why i started listening to podcasts because i had nothing to do and i uh so i and at that point i was out of it because everything kind of started shutting down with the 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 federation that i was in uh, so I, um, so, so my, I was like, yeah, absolutely. I mean, all talking on a microphone in front of, you know, a, a wrestling crowd or in, you know, just for a radio show is kind of the same thing. And I'll still be, I'll do my wrestling gimmick. It'll be, I'll be, it was, I, the first show was called happy hour with steel tip. It was going to be a, a show about booze. Uh, and I was going under my wrestling name and whatnot. And that's that's how it all started for me, and it, it was really just kind of fulfilling that childhood dream, because uh, it was the same. My co-host was the same guy who, in high school, we said, "Let's send a demo in," uh, and that's how like ten years of me being an idiot on the microphone kind of was birthed. Was, uh, <laughs> was my passion for YSP? Well, my th- my thing this past year, it's been kind of interesting. Is uh, it's just made me think that you saying about like getting in front of people was was th- that never was really the thing that I thought I would be doing in far- in terms of like you know doing the 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 Philly Podfest and getting in front of people and uh, uh, I some I don't I don't really know why it came about. I was talking with this guy named uh, Anthony Wynn, and he he runs uh, PHL Design, which is this free community uh, of designers, uh, you know, and creatives around the city. Uh, mostly it just revolves around the Slack channel that everyone participates in. And, but then we do like happy, he'll, he'll, he'll do happy hours and stuff. And, uh, him and I were sitting around talking and, and he had said something about, uh, he wanted to do this show and tell where you talk, he wanted to do it on the topic of, uh, of doing, talking about a, uh, a project that didn't go your way and, and why it didn't and, and do do a talk on that. And he was asking me if I'd participate and I was like, 
Oh, I would, but I was like, actually, man, I was like, what if I hosted it? And we made it an episode of the show. And he was like, that actually would be really cool. And, and, and we ended up kind of, uh, pushing it on the back burner a little bit, just cause we had some things going on in our lives and decided, Oh, this would be really cool if we could pull this off before the end of the year, this being last year. So, so in December of 2016, ended up doing high res live. We did it at an agency in uh, old city, uh, and, uh, called Impart creative. They hosted, uh, and there, there was some, there was some, some, uh, learning curve for yeah. us in terms of, well, in terms of, you know, like it was, it was so great. Cause we were like, we decided we ended up, we were going to focus on design for the greater good. And we were going to have a panel of guests and talk about design for the greater good people who have had, uh, you know, uh, experience in that. And, uh, so we were, we were like, well, we'll put all the money towards, uh, fill abundance, you know, so you kind of put our money where our mouth is on it. And, you know, and, uh, so once we said that to everybody was like, yeah, I'll do this for free. I'll do this for free. You know, we got, we got, we got posters made. We, we had uh, four nice. designers make po- posters for the event, which actually was probably the coolest thing for me. Uh, you know, in terms of like seeing what these guys came up with, we just gave these, these four incredible designers, a theme, they came up with really cool designs and we got them printed and we got them printed for free and we got in part created for free. And, and, but, but we weren't, I wasn't asking the questions I needed to be asking, like, do you have chairs? <laughs> you know? And, and, uh, and, uh, and they were like, uh, you know, I think we, I had already set a price point. <laughs> we had been selling tickets for like two weeks and they were like, Oh, by the way, we don't have any chairs. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, well, what are we going to get chairs? We got to rent chairs. So, you know, there was a bit of a learning curve there, but, uh, so, so we did the show went really well. And, uh, and, but you know, I had, I had some anxiety about it. I was very much like, uh, I make this joke. If you've ever seen the movie, the King of comedy, the Scorsese movie with De Niro, uh, he, you know, there's a scene where he's, uh, you know, he, he kind of has these grandiose ideas of himself and he's in his mother's basement. He lives with his mother. He's in his, his, his mother's basement and he's got cardboard cutouts of Liza Minnelli and Jerry, Jerry Lewis. And he's like sitting there, like he's on a tonight show panel and having these imaginary conversations with them. I was very much, uh, the Rupert Pupkin of, of, <laughs> of my house for that week. Like just in my basement, kind of pacing the basement, just kind of like looking at my notes and doing a run through and I'd record it and listen to it on the way into work, <laughs> oh, you know, nice. Just, you know, I was just like, you know, trying to like, I had this whole like, you know, imposter syndrome thing where I was like, look, I I don't stand in front of people and do podcasting. I do it in a room. So I better be on my game. And I was on my game. I I had, it was almost, I was almost nervous about the fact that I wasn't nervous. Like that night I was like, I was like, wow, I have no nerves. Like, is this right? You know, it should it be this, should it feel this easy? And it did feel easy and it felt great. And, uh, and I enjoyed doing it. And I was like, yeah, I definitely want to do that again, but I want to take a little bit of a break. And then I get this, and then it was literally the weekend after when I'm like, kind of like in that decompressed mode. And I'm like, oh, okay, I don't have to think about it for a while. None of, none of this. And I get this email from this guy named Jeff DeMossi, who runs Ignite Philly. Uh, Ignite Philly is kind of, uh, for lack of anything else to compare it to, kind of like a TED Talk. Uh, you know, you do these five-minute talks on a subject, uh, you have 20 slides. The slides just go behind you. You're up on a stage and you have to keep up with the slides. Like, so you, oh, wow. you have to be on your game with, you know, like your points, you know, like you, you, it, it's the exact opposite of podcasting. You can't yeah. go off on tangents. You're like, you need to know what you're saying. I'd be awful uh, at that. Well, I, it was funny. So he emails me and he's like, Hey, I want to know if you'd be interested in doing it. And I was kind of like, my first instinct was 
no, 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 I don't want to do that. And then I was like, no, you have to do this because you did the live show. It's like, this yeah. is the next step. This is the next step. And so, so I did, I did that. Uh, and, uh, it, it went wonderfully. It was, it was, it was a great experience. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was, uh, Again, it was a lot of prep. It was a lot of me being the crazy guy in my basement, you know, kind of you know, going through it. But I mean, I pretty much had it down pat. Like by the time I hit the stage, like I knew, I knew every point to hit. I was kind of, you know, I'm actually really curious to see. They haven't posted it yet. I know they're going to post it on YouTube, uh, like the entire night's talks. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm very kind of anxious to see it because i know i was i was very much like kind of like pacing the stage kind of like a stand-up comedian you know like and uh i i i had some moments of spontaneity in it too which you know which which was good you know like some a little bit of improv and it was really yeah. interesting because i had this moment at the very end where you know i had gone through several iterations of what i was going to say and uh i had this moment towards the end where i was just doing so well with hitting my marks that i was a little ahead and I, you know, I, I had this monitor where I could see what slide I was on, and uh, and I knew I had some time to kill. And I just had this line that uh, the, the whole the whole speech I did, I, I did five minutes. I was actually on podcasting, and it was oh, on wow. what, what I called podcrastination, which was it wasn't about the two years that I've done podcasts. It was about the year I thought about doing a podcast and did nothing okay. about it. And and the whole point was really I was telling people like, look, you have an idea and you want to do it. And there's something, there's some reason you're not doing it, whether or not you want to give yourself permission to do it, whatever it is, but you need to do it because I'm on the other side of that now. And I'm telling you, there's so much that you didn't know about yourself that you're going to find out. So that, you know, that was kind of the whole point. And I had this line where I was like, you know, I, I was kind of standing there in front and I just kind of, maybe the first breath I took in the whole speech. And I was like, look, if I didn't have this, if I didn't have the skill, I had the drive and I knew that was the most important thing. And I, I probably just butchered that right now, but yeah. it was something along the lines of that. And it came out cleanly. And it was so funny because that was the thing that was getting retweeted after I got oh, off wow. the stage. Like that, that one, you know, spontaneous thing where I was like, I need to fill time here. Uh, yeah. And I, I cut it like two versions earlier, you know, but that was the thing that kept getting uh, retweeted. So uh, it was really interesting. And then after that, I got asked to do the keynote speech. It's this AIGA thing. And, uh, and that was insane because they were like okay we need you to speak for 35 minutes i was like 35 minutes i was like i don't want to hear myself talk for 35 minutes you know <laughs> and uh and and uh what was really interesting about that was they wanted me to speak to these young designers uh, it was you go graduating seniors so i really had to i had to go back through previous episodes of the show i wanted to talk about the people i've had on the show oh, and wow. the things i've learned from them and and uh what was really interesting you know it was about doing that was a just going back and hearing some of the quality of those old shows and kind of like the lessons there you know it's yeah. like like wow the show has actually grown you know and i should feel good about that but other but too like just kind of trying to to, to boil down like some some words of wisdom from just these conversations like you and i have on these podcasts you know and and something i could share out with these uh graduating seniors and that is why on the live show on july 22nd uh at kitchen table gallery what i want to do is i'm having steve decusatis and kathy Mueller, who are both previous guests of the show they're going to be on the panel we're all inviting uh 
recent grads or uh, maybe, you know, the seniors currently in school to come on and they're just going to talk about why they got into design and kind of ask us questions. And so that's going to be the focus of the show. It's a bit of a shift. You know, usually we're talking with professionals who are kind of already established, but but I thought maybe this would be a great opportunity and just kind of coming off the heels of that AIGA talk uh, to, to, you know, to focus on the younger designers and, and, and kind of give them a... Uh, you know, forum too. And frankly, look, if somebody were to get a job or, or something from being on the podcast, that's a win for me. I mean, I think that would be really cool. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so that's what we're going to focus on with the show. And, and then I, you know, I, I feel like, I feel like, a I feel like, you know, our show's at 3 PM and it's, you know, July afternoon. I was like, oh, that might be a tough sell. So we're doing like a, uh, we're, we're going to be doing a, uh, for the first 25 tickets that are free, uh, for, but for the first 25 tickets, everybody's going to get a gift bag, and we're going to be doing a giveaway of the new House Industries book, The Process is the Inspiration, uh, that night. So uh, so definitely reasons to come out to the show. And uh, But yeah, but, uh, you know, just like recently it's been this like public speaking has just really seemed to be the thing. It's like I keep getting thrown into these uh you know, these situations and, and I'm all for it. And, and it's like, look, I, I don't know if I got into it for that, but it's like, I kind of want to, I, I just kind of seeing how this thing go, like where this thing takes me, you know? And that's kind of been the, the most fun. Yeah. Abs- that's I th- one thing I've learned from podcasting with this show is, is literally like looking at it as something like, I don't want to say I don't care about, but I, I guess not take so seriously like I did before or not think about so much of the business side and just kind of think of like, Hey, this, I want to talk to these people. I'm going to try to get these people on and then I'm going to have it go on and have a good conversation. You know, at some point, probably 45 minutes, 50 minutes into it, I'll remember that I have to ask some questions uh, <laughs> and just, you know, have a good time has opened, like, like I said, for, I don't, I don't, again, I think it was part of this conversation. I think uh, that we've had, uh, but I'll say it again, even if, it, even if it was, you know, this show has opened up so many different doors for me that uh, I, I really just, I purely enjoy it's it's given me so the one thing that i and you've kind of said it without saying it is is you know challenging yourself to do new things or different things is kind of what just a keeps you on your own toes and keeps your show fresh or keeps whatever you're doing fresh it doesn't have to be a podcast this could really apply to anything but for me it's podcasting so like you know it was like listening to you talk about your live show that you're doing at uh, ktg you know, it's I, I think it's great that you're doing something that's, you know, completely different because for a live show, you have to change the format of your show because it's it's in front of an audience instead of just you and one other person or you and imaginary people, you know, that you're not seeing listen to your show. So it's it is way different. And that's like, you know, for me, that was like, well, what can I do? And and literally you know, I was talking to my buddy who ends up being my co-host on the show for the live ones. And he was like, well, idiot, you've always said that you wanted to somehow make some sort of late night talk night talk show. Why not just do your live show as a late night talk show? And I was like, Oh my God, that's got, that's genius. Like, I don't know how I didn't see that. And that led into, you know, doing the show live a couple of times in, in places I never thought I would end up doing it. And now like the new challenge for me is, you know, and so far we're keeping that pace for this year was to do six shows in, in a 12 month span. Uh, so from January to December 31st, 
I'm hoping to do 12 live shows. We uh, The Philadelphia Podcast Fest will be our fourth one for the year. So we're, we're on pace. And I, I, like, I emailed something that I never even thought of uh, and makes no sense what is, whatsoever. But I emailed a bunch of Renaissance fairs in the area and said, hey, crazy idea. <laughs> Let's <laughs> live podcast. Here's the gimmick to make it fit in the Renaissance fair. What do you think? And we're working with some. We're working with um, one of the smaller Renaissance fairs uh, in Wrightstown, Pennsylvania, to hopefully kind of put something together uh, in September, I believe, to to do something silly. So it will be it will be shifting my show even more to keep me my toes to be part like improv, and and then part you know live podcast uh, you'll have to tell me which one i don't, I don't know so my, my my mother-in-law and my father-in-law they live in florida they come back to town every year and it's right around like late august early september and they take they take my daughter to a renaissance fair i'm not sure which one though but uh, you'll have to let me know which which one or oh well, you just did you did say yeah. which one I, i'll need to find out which one it when it is because I, if I had to guess, they're probably going to the big Pennsylvania uh, Renaissance Fair, which is in it's in land. I don't know where it's at. It's it's like an hour away, I think. Yeah, yeah but yeah. Well, and you know what? You're are you, so are you actually in the city of Philadelphia, or are you? No, in I'm, the, I'm actually in Havertown. Uh, I work in Philadelphia. Okay, but but uh, but I live out in the burbs. Yeah, so so we're I'm in uh, Bucks County. I'm in Levittown. Okay. Uh, so same boat, uh, you know, but yeah, I want to say that the, the PA Renaissance fair for me is a, probably about an hour. The Wrightstown one is only about, uh, 40 minutes away, 30 to 40 minutes away. Uh, and, but I feel like that's like, just uh, like something nutty that came out of having a guest at our last live show. Well, the last live show at the time of this recording, we did at Atomic City Comics on South Street, and we had this guy on, Joe Gates, who is, uh, he hosts like an improv show uh, the first Friday of every month. And he, uh, he, I, I was in a bind for another interview that ended up not happening, but I, I needed someone to, to portray Thor. And a lot of people recommended recommended Joe. So we started talking, and I was like, hey, this idea of, of me booking it as Marvel's Thor, but then and it ends up being that it's the real Norse god from Norse mythology <laughs> Thor. That just cracks me up. So let's do that at the live show. And it went over bonkers. And um, and afterwards, we were talking as we were as I was cleaning up, and I was like... Because he's an actor at the Renaissance Fairs, I was like, "Oh my god, would they be interested in in a podcast?" <laughs> and and so that's something that we're working on. Oh, that's uh, great! That feels like it could be its own podcast. Oh my like, god, yeah! It's just it's it sounds so silly and so stupid that it, it would never work. And and I'm hoping that like Wrightstown Renaissance Fair is a lot smaller than like the Philadelphia Ren Fair, the New Jersey Ren Fair, and, and then the big Pennsylvania Ren Fair, which is like the biggest in the area for us. And I was like, and I'm not like I used to go as a teenager. I used to love the Renaissance, Renaissance Fair, but I haven't gone in years. I've hate- never gone. I've never gone. And you know what? And it's not from I, I. I probably would love the shit out of it, but I've just never. I've never gone. And and for me, like it's I don't really like my fantasy that I enjoy is superheroes. So like 
Lord of the Ring movies, I, I get why they're so popular and I enjoyed watching them in the theater, but I will never watch those movies again. And it took me like it took me uh, three years to watch the first episode of Game of Thrones. Now, I'll say I'm into Game of Thrones now, but it took me a very long time to get into that show. So so for me, fantasy and mythology that's about dragons and stuff. Is it my top priority? I'd rather see, you know, someone with metal claws go snick it than, than a dragon breathe fire. No, I'm with you there. I, 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 I probably feel like it falls lower on the totem pole of my geekdom yeah. when it comes to, you know, uh, like what, what I'm going to devote time to. I couldn't even get that. I mean, you say oh, you'd never watch The Lord of the Rings again. It's like, I think I would watch, watch Lord of the Rings again before I'd ever watch The Hobbit. Like, oh, wow. nine hours of The Hobbit. I mean, I've, that book yeah. that book is like 150 pages long. How is it a nine-hour movie? I don't, I've <laughs> never, I, I have no desire to, I've never seen any of The Hobbit movies. I'm waiting I'm waiting no for desire. someone on Vim, Vimeo to uh, to just do a, a an edit. Of that movie, down to like a two-hour movie. You if, know, like, I will watch that. I will watch. Yeah, I would too. <laughs> but other than that, like I just I when when I heard that it was going to be a trilogy, I said I just can't devote myself to three more movies about what I assume is a ring. Like I just assume that this movie is about a ring again, and I can't do it. It's it's we've done it once. I can't, and I may. I'm sure it's. I I've never read the books, so, so my my geek cred, like I said, is is way not in that world of fantasy. Like I don't even have a desire to. read read those books it's just yeah, not it's no, not my that's bad that's passed me by you know you know it's actually passed me by like i just can't muster the interest in is james bond oh uh, yeah I, like I, I people go on and on about james bond like are you excited about james bond no not yeah. at all, I, not I, at all. I, I mean i you know it's just like on the heels of roger moore dying this week and maybe that's why yeah. i was at the top of my mind but it was oh, like yeah. just uh but i i was like i've never been into james bond i've tried man i tried reading the books and I mean, if you want to talk about a guy who hates women and loves racism, <laughs> they're, I mean, they're, those books will be right up your alley. Oh but, 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 you know, and the, and the movies, you know, the movies are good. I mean, I've enjoyed a few of them. I think my problem was I got introduced to the Timothy Dalton movies oh. first before anything. Oh, okay. And I was like, I was just, that was it. It was Endgame there. It's like, you know your license to kill has been revoked. <laughs> I, uh, uh, I, I watched golden eye. That was my first exposure to, to, uh, to to uh, Bond and I enjoy like I love GoldenEye but the I don't people love that movie yeah and, yeah and you're a little younger than me so that that probably works out like you know it's probably on HBO like right around you know like the time that you were impressionable enough and yeah that, that's just the way it worked for me it was like the License to Kill was on like every you know every five hour block like they had like one License to Kill play you know I actually want to say my dad took me to see it in the theater. Uh, yeah. and I, but like, and I love that movie. But I have I've seen a couple other uh, Pierce Bronson ones. I think he did two more after that. Oh, I think he did five. I thought he oh. did five. Did he? Oh, see, I, yeah. like, I and I didn't see. I maybe saw one of them. And all right, for knowing nothing about James Bond, let's see if we can name him. He did Golden Eye. Did Tomorrow Never Dies. Uh, he did. Uh, no, they're the sure. only two of the ones that I know the name of. Oh, uh, there's another one, uh, Die Another Day. Oh, yes, yes, Die yes. Another Day. Uh, I, I know there's some other ones in there, though. I know. I want to say he did, like, he did five. I, yeah, I don't see, and I only saw, like I said, I only saw Golden Eye, and I think if, um, 
the one with Halle Berry, I think, was the other one that I saw. Did that die another day? I, I think that might have been die another day. I think so. I, I only saw a little bit of that one, and I have no desire to see the Daniel Craig ones. It's it's just not my. Again, it's in on paper. I would say it's actually very much something I'd be into, but it's yes, yeah, it's here. it's something that like I don't know. Again, in the world of comic book movies that we live in now, like it's just I have no desire to spend $40 for two people to go to the movies to see Bond when I can spend $40 to go see Garli- Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, let's talk about that, actually, because I mean, cause that's usually the rabbit hole we fall down on okay. show. Like, if anybody's got any kind of, like, interest in anything nerdy, we usually just go right into it. Uh, so... I think I said to you, I don't know if it was on this 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 part or the last part where it was like we had a conversation with a guy that we went from like talking about Moonlight into the WWF like in the 80s. You know? yeah, and I don't yeah. even know how we segued into that. So so I've seen Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I, I definitely feel like I am in the minority that I was not – I'm not a fan. Oh, really? I, I, I don't really – I didn't walk away the same way I felt about the, – the first one I walked out, I was like – that was something different. I finally, like, you know, it was like characters I wasn't necessarily super familiar with, but it was a great story. I was like, I liked the tone that the movie struck. Yeah. And I don't know if this one is just like more of the same. So you're going to like it. Right. And I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to sound too negative about it because I was definitely laughing out loud. There was definitely parts I liked. Uh, I thought the middle was such a slog though. It was like so much exposition on Kurt Russell's part and, and just, and I, I I just feel like it was a little too long, a little too overindulgent. Well, I think that's a lot of these comic book movies always have the issue of being a little too long. Uh, almost all of them, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, for sure. But I, 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 but I do, it bums me out because I feel like I might've passed through something now, like where I'm, I'm I'm on the other side of like a, I don't know if I need to see this one. You know you know what I mean? Like where where it's become I think I think what's great about what's I, I love everything this that's happened with like what Marvel's been doing with these movies and and I grew up a DC kid and I so wish they could get their shit together. But <laughs> but uh but you know like I, I, I love the idea of this like interconnected universe. Yes. And uh but I do feel like what the consequence now has been like these movies are becoming so episodic and so like, mm-hmm. let's just get into the next one, you know? And it's like, you know, like here are the little hints of what it might be next time. And it's like, well, what's the end game here? And I kind of feel like a movie like civil war was more of an end game. And maybe like, it, like where you felt like a bunch of pieces that had been moving closer and closer together for a long time, finally came together in a very satisfying way. And, yeah. and I feel maybe uh, Infinity War will be that. I mean, it's the oh, same yeah. guys making it. So, you know, I feel like those guys have, you know, a good head on their shoulders with the Russo brothers, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, you know, I feel like they have a good head on their shoulders and they can kind of, you know, like they, they, they approached Winter Soldier as, you know, like oh, this like such... spy movie. And that was yeah, such a good movie. Such know? a good movie. You know, and, uh, but I mean, just like, like Dr. Strange, I just, I, I remember liking it, but that's all I remember. It was, it was like, a, it was like you go to a restaurant and you're like, what did you have to eat? It's like, I don't, I don't remember, yeah. but I remember I liked it. You know, but it's like, well, shouldn't you remember what you had? You know, like, it shouldn't there be some detail. It's like, eh, I guess, you know, I, I didn't hate it. So I must have liked it. I don't know if it's like one of those things, you know, as, as the kid who saw the original X-Men movie, uh, probably 13 times in the theater because, that it just was for me i thought i you know for its time at the very least 
I thought it was such a great movie. Uh, well, and you've got to remember the time, too. I mean, you were talking about, like, what was the last big superhero movie yeah. before that X-Men movie was probably Batman and Robin, which uh, yeah. was a, a, such a shit show. So, yeah. I mean, the yeah. fact that it was a superhero movie that was taking superheroes seriously again yeah. was such a big deal. I mean, I want to say X-Men was before Spider-Man. I always have an issue. I have the same issue because they were within a year of each other. I think... Yeah. I think X Men was ninety nine or two thousand. No, then... it was two thousand, and and then uh, yeah, because Spider Man was definitely post nine eleven. Because you remember yes. the trailer they yes, had, yes, the, yes, uh, the yes, Trade yes. Center. So yeah. so X Men was two thousand, and then Spider Man uh, was two thousand one. Yeah, uh, but oh, yeah, no, 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 it might be no two. Oh, because, maybe yeah, because the movie didn't come out. Oh, the trailer yeah. was out when nine eleven happened. So yeah, it must well, have been the summer one too. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. It was that too. And but yeah, X Men, and that's why like Days of Future Past was. That was such a great movie. Yeah, for me, and so before Civil War came out, uh, I, I I said Days of Future Past is my Civil War because Civil War, the comic book from uh, I think it was 2006 ish, maybe. Um, that storyline is what brought me back into reading comics again. Because I had stopped, you know, like every teenage boy, I stopped reading them because it wasn't cool anymore. Uh, And I started reading them again because of that Civil War comic book storyline. So, and I had said in 2006, and it was, that was like a couple years before Iron Man came out. So, uh, and I think it was a year or two before Disney bought Marvel. So, so the idea of this connected universe really wasn't, no one was thinking about it at that time. And I said, how cool would it be to get, like, all these comic book heroes on one screen in, in this movie, in a Civil War movie? That would be so cool. And uh, when Days of Future Past came out, because X-Men meant so much to me as a, I, I was, I guess I was probably 15 when that movie came out. Uh, 15 going on 16, I think. And... Uh, so Days of Future Past was just like, wow, this is like officially connecting the universes of the X-Men trilogies now. And it meant like that movie. I loved it. You know, it, it was, I don't know. I just love seeing both the cast on one screen. Uh, and then, and then Civil War was, you know, without comparing it to the comic book too much, like it was a very satisfying movie. It was so good. And had I think one of the the best villains like in in the Marvel Cinematic Universe because it was a villain who actually had a reason t- to be bad like well, he, and, and a villain who essentially wins yeah yeah you know, which is was different as well you yeah know? I mean they have that great scene at the end where they're like you know well you got beat and he's like did I you know yeah exactly. <laughs> And it is, it, you know, it, it's probably not my favorite Marvel film. I, I, I have a hard time d- tossing uh, my number one out there, but I think it always kind of boils down to Winter Soldier is is still because it is like you said, it's it's a spy movie just in, with comic book, and it's it's literally if if you put James Bond in that role instead of Captain America, it's the same film almost. Right, it, like it's it's. It's just really and okay. There you go. We, you know, going back to bonds, like I, on paper, bonds should work for me, and it does when you has Captain America in it. Like it is that movie was, I think, just uh, it, it doesn't feel like a comic book movie. It doesn't play like a comic book movie. I think that's what's so special about Winter Soldier, um, and the kid who saw X Men. I don't know, like I said, thirteen times. 
I haven't. I still haven't seen Ant Man. Uh, which you know, and and Doctor Strange, I've only seen the first couple minutes of, like maybe the first half hour. So, uh, someone who who considers himself at least a big comic book movie fan, at the very least, uh, you know, I with Marvel, I do skip a few because there's just so much of it. You know, going back to the point of like I picking and choosing, uh, and you know, for DC, I tend to, you know skip out on it i finally yeah I, I, I'm, I'm really bummed about dc well, so, I, I... so let me ask you this uh because i, I uh just saw batman versus superman about a week ago okay well then before before we continue which version did you see did you see the director's cut or the uh, or or just the, the theatrical probably cut? the theater cut, but the theatrical okay, but then cut. Then you saw the, the truly so, so it's so funny because it's one of those things like it tastes like shit. What's the answer? Have some more of it, you know. And it's like, but the but the director's cut is actually a little bit a, it's a little bit more of a of a complete film. It's so, not it's not good, <laughs> but it makes a hell of a lot more sense than the theatrical cut because the theatrical cut is. I fucking halfway through, I was like, "What the fuck's going on?" Like, so did you see that in theater? Yes, I did. I did see it in theater, and I that was I, I walked. Out, well, I didn't walk out of the movie, but I walked. But I walked out, and I was like, "Oh, that was garbage." You know, like usually, usually, a movie needs to like kind of sit with me for a little bit, and yeah. I'm kind of like, "Okay, like ah, I didn't like that, but I like that." You know, it's like I knew instantly. I was like, "That was terrible." You know, the, like that movie. Uh, should again it should have been a movie I went to the theater to see. I should have been standing in line to see at midnight because oh, it was so angry. <laughs> because, because it's Batman who is you know one of my favorite superheroes. I'm, oh, I'm a Marvel my fan. favorite. Batman's my favorite for sure. In so, fact, it's funny. It came up earlier. We were talking about Kevin Smith and Fat yeah. Man and Batman. I was literally today like you know the sunnier part of today was sitting out on the deck reading new 52 batman like uh just like the the court of owls and oh, the, so uh, good. the city of owls so freaking good and i was like and here's the thing I mean, to circle back on marvel like because i have one of those marvel unlimited uh you know uh uh subscriptions like where you yeah. can read it online okay and so 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 i was in a marvel kid and i which is great in the past like maybe two three years i've really gone back and i've read everything now like i you know i've read you know all that stuff and because yeah. you can access it all now and uh so so i'm really kind of up to speed on a lot of stuff and and like i said i was a dc kid growing up but dc doesn't really have something like marvel unlimited so it's like i'll go to the library with my kids and sometimes i'll grab one of like the the collections you know yeah, yeah. and uh and I was just sitting there, I was reading this book, and I was like, DC is not coming up with original material like this. Now, I know I know, Court of Alice is a pretty old book at this point, like it came out a few years ago. Yeah, but, yeah. But, but, but DC is getting, you know, slammed right now for, it's like, you just keep rehashing Civil War 2. And, you know, they're bringing back the clone conspiracy, you know, in the Spider-Man line. And it's like, you wait, like they wait like 10 years and then they just like rehash an old storyline. So, and I don't know if you've read civil war two at all, but it's no. basically minority report. I mean, like, you know what I mean? It's, it's like there's this inhuman who can see the future, but like, should we trust that he can see the future? He's not into blah, 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 blah. And it's like a lot of, and I love uh, Bendis. I think he's a yeah. fantastic writer. Like I, like if he's writing it, like I'm in, but, and he's writing civil war two, but I'm just kind of like, I don't know. And they're getting slammed for the whole diversity thing. I don't know how much you've heard about that or followed that, but, but I, I think, the, I think the point that they're missing is like, they're, they're taking all these characters that were like established, you know, 
characters defined a certain way, and then they're just it, it feels a little bit like uh, uh, lip service. Yeah, feel, you yeah. know, it's like we're gonna make Iron Man a woman now. We're gonna make Thor a woman, and we're gonna make you know Sam Wilson is gonna be Captain America now, and and, and that's all great. And I love. I, I mean, I think I think having more diversity in comics is fantastic. I just wish that they could come up with more original ways yes. to do it. I mean, if you look back in the 70s, I mean, that's where Black Panther and Luke Cage were born out of. You know, it wasn't like somebody going, we need to make Superman black. Which, I mean, <laughs> they did do anyway, but but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like, it wasn't like a, oh, like, like, let's create these characters. And I know you could go back and say like, oh, well, Luke Cage's origins were much more black exploitation, you know, but, but look at what he's evolved into mm-hmm. as a character now, you know, like, like, I, I mean, I think he's a fantastic character now and is newly defined. And I say newly defined, I mean, I think, you know, maybe going back to the early 2000s was when, I think it might have even been Bendis who got a hold of him and, and kind of redefined him in, like, the Avengers. And, uh, you know, like, uh, and, I mean, Black Panther is certainly seen, like, you know, I think people are becoming more familiar with that character. And, you know, the movie's certainly going to help with that when that comes out. Is that going to be next year? I forget when that comes out. I, I don't know if that comes out pre-Infinity uh, War. I think it is pre-Infinity War. But, I but think you it's... know, like, I think that stuff is so is is so important. And I just wish, I, I, I know, I know what it is. I know they're probably sitting there going, like, do you know how many years we're going to have to put into this character before, like, people finally start buying the book? And it's like, they have so many lines right now. And it's like, that's yeah. part of the problem. It's like, it's, I, I feel like, you know, while they're killing DC in the movie theater, I think on the comic book stands, DC is killing Marvel. But I think it's like because they have so many titles now and people don't know what crosses over to what. And Well, yeah, yeah. And that's that's one of the reasons I fell out of comic books is that, again, for the second time, like I'll still like I, I, like I'm probably going to go because I, I was reading pretty much exclusively the, the new 52 Batman stuff. Uh, and I stopped off, I think, right before zero year. Uh, so like, I'm going to, I found a comic book shop that I like that's near my work that I'm probably going to go and start like dropping a couple dollars every couple, uh, every couple weeks to get just the trade paperbacks to catch up on Batman. But that's like my issue with comic books is that there is so many titles and I get it. Like it's how they're making money, but that it is, you know, I, I, I think the process is simple. If you want to introduce a new diverse character, in, introduce them in an established book and keep them in that universe until that character catches some fire, and then you split spin it off into its own line. Yeah, uh, I think I, th- I think you have a point there. I mean, I, I, th- I think I think that would definitely be a way to do it. I I, I think that makes the most <laughs> sense because you're absolutely right. It's going to be hard to sell, you know, a new character on on a comic book. Um, you know, I, I, you know, it's, I, I, maybe not. Maybe if it's intre- if you make that story interesting enough, then it should sell. I, I mean, it, I guess it falls on the writer to make the story, uh, you know, worth buying, despite whether it's a new character or an established character. Because if the story's good, someone people are going to buy it. People are going to talk about it, and people are going to buy it. No, that's absolutely true, and I, and I think it, maybe it just comes down to you know to to what you just said, like. Like you find a storyline you like and you stick with it and you forget that like, oh, you could catch like a brief snippet of the story in another book somewhere else, but just stick with that story. You know, like uh, the one right now that I think is really, really interesting. I think it just wrapped up. I don't think it's continuing, but they did a vision uh, line 
And the storyline they came up with that was incredible. It was like where Vision had a, created a family for himself. Oh, it was wow. like living in the suburbs with the. <laughs> it was the Visions. Like it was like like on the mailbox, and uh, and things get dark really fast. And uh, it it was a really good storyline. And it was uh, I don't know who wrote it. I don't know who illustrated it. Uh, but definitely look that one up because that that was that was an incredible story. And and you know like. I don't know if that had any kind of repercussions in other books. I, I doubt it because it was just such a different story. Uh, but it was, it was really cool. And it, those, those are fun to get into, you know, like I, I feel like, uh, you know, we were kind of talking about like winter soldier being like a spy movie. I think, I think the way they approach some of these books too, is like, like if you look at like the carnage line as like a horror comic, yeah, like it's yeah. a great horror comic, you know, like, like, uh, I, I like when they do stuff like that. And, and this vision, I don't even know how you describe this vision comic, but it, it's definitely was not in the, uh, in the same vein of like, you know, your, your Iron Man, your Spider-Man's, you know, that your X-Men just like, kind of like, you know, doing yeoman's work and just carrying the torch to the next issue. You know, it was like, there was a story to be told there and, and they told it fairly succinctly, you know? Uh, going back, I just want to go back to Batman versus Superman real quick because, Oh yeah, 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 because, sure. Uh, yeah, I'll, t- I'll talk trash on that movie. Well, I, so here's the ironic thing. That movie, like I didn't see it in theater because, uh, because the, I th- the trailer like made it look awful to me. Like I was like, this movie looks, it's just, it looks bad. Like, I don't want to see this movie. It's not doing a job. It's job selling me. So like I was, I was sick on Monday last week. So I, I stayed home from work and I was like, all right, well I'll watch, you know what? I'm going to watch, uh, some HBO and, 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 uh, the killing joke was on there. I was like, all right, I'll watch the killing joke. Love Mark. What'd you think of that? I, I enjoyed it. You know, I've read the, uh, I haven't read the comic in a while, but, um, I remember reading the comic and obviously loving it. And, and I think what I love about, the killing joke movie is that it gave uh, Batgirl like more of a story. Um, and it made like, it made it, I feel like that the, the killing joke, uh, and maybe rightfully so when you're reading it is a story about the Joker and Batman. Um, but something extremely horrible happens to Barbara Gordon. And I feel like she should be like, the story should be a little bit more about her. Um, to, to a degree and, and the movie does that and, and I enjoyed it. You know, I, I thought it was, and maybe it's just cause I love the Batman animated universe so much, but, right. but I, I, well, that's where DC's getting it right. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I mean, it's, I haven't seen any, I don't think, I guess they actually have an official cinematic, um, animated universe. I don't think I've seen anything of yet. Like I haven't just, I, I haven't watched it yet, but yeah, I mean, they've always kind of crushed the animation stuff. Um, Flashpoint is really good. I do. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, that's one that I want to watch like so bad is, is, and I haven't yet. Really no reason why, no good reason. Um, but so, yeah, so I watched the killing joke and I enjoyed, I enjoyed that and I was like, all right, you know what? I got time to kill. And if worst case scenario, I fall asleep and I need sleep anyway. Cause I feel like crap. So I put on Batman versus Superman uh, expecting the worst. And I actually finished the movie. was like, I mean, uh, it, it was bad, but like, <laughs> I, well, you went into it with lower. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was like, I was like, I didn't actually hate this movie. Like, 
I, I think it was better than Man of Steel, and I hate Man of Steel. Like, I hate uh, Man of Steel. I didn't hate Man of oh, Steel. Okay. Like, I, like, man, see, Man of Steel, for me, I, I mean, I, I thought it was too dark. Uh, you know, like, yes. I mean, dark, like, dark, like, saturation-wise. Like, it was oh. like, let's, let's brighten up this movie yeah. a little bit. Well, and it was dark in that regard, yeah, too. Yeah, both uh, regards, it was dark. Well, I've always been a fan of, and I was just talking with somebody about this not too long ago, but uh, I feel like it was Mark Wade who wrote it, but the Superman Birthright comic. Mm-hmm. And if you've never read that, it's a great, it's it's a great reinterpretation of Superman. Uh, the movie picks up little elements of it, but it's a, it, it it's more of like a reimagining of a post nine eleven world. What would how would we react to the Man of Steel? You know, like yeah. appearing. <laughs> you yeah. know, and it's like. And, and and if you look at it through that scope, that scope, it's like I kind of get where they were going with that. I, I, I mean, look, it, it it's not great. <laughs> like what they're doing with this universe. I mean, I thought I thought you want to talk about like lowered expectations. I did the same exact thing with Suicide Squad. I still was like, no, this is terrible. I uh, <laughs> so this is bad. <laughs> like, I, I got a 4K version of that for uh, for Christmas because. Um, because I, I ended up my my Xbox One broke, so my parents got me a, a One S. So someone uh, my my uh, aunt's boyfriend knew I was getting that, so he got me Suicide Squad in 4K. And I was like, all right, I you know this this seemed like it had hope, so I'm gonna I'm gonna watch this movie. I'm gonna enjoy it. It's got Harley Quinn. It's got Will Smith. Like I am sold, so sold on this movie. And I probably within 20 minutes fell asleep. So. Yeah, I, I I didn't make it to the end actually. I did fall asleep as well, and I, I have no desire to go back and finish I, it. I I will at some point put put it back on, but like there's again like there's just so much more to see. Like I'm actually excited for Batman. Like I thought Batman, I loved Ben Affleck as Batman. I thought that was. I thought he was good in the flick. I didn't have as much. Yeah, I didn't have too much of a problem with him. Yeah. I, I just, I just didn't think the writing was very good. No, I mean, do you realize? Are you realize? Uh, you just saw it, so like, you just let it sink in. Do you realize you see Batman for like a split second in that scene where the cops are like shooting at him, which I actually thought they handled really well. I mean, like that where like that where like the light comes on him and they like, you know, kind of. I don't know what the hell he does, like just holding on to the ceiling to get out of yeah, the room. Yeah. Like, which I thought, like, it was like, that's how you imagine it, like, when you're reading the comics, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, of like Batman, like, being, like, you know, part of the shadows kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I, th- I like that. I like that a lot. You realize you never see him again in the suit until the whole doomsday. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, he doesn't reappear again until a dream sequence that is within a dream sequence. What the fuck? Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> Why did you have to make the second part part of another dream? Like, because clearly, like, the whole Barry Allen coming back is part of something. Like, why, yeah. why was he dreaming? Well, and, like, I have a whole issue with them not integrating their their television universe with their movie universe because I love those CW shows. Uh, like, I, especially The Flash. Like, I, I cannot get enough of of The Flash. I, like, I it, it makes me sad that I have to wait until... September again to, to watch that show. Well, I need you. Here's what I need you to do for me. Then I need you to, to go through and tell me which episodes I need to watch to watch like a full story of the flash. Cause, cause I think I've been spoiled by like these, like 
10 episode seasons you know like, you know like, uh, like stranger, stranger stranger things is a perfect capsule yeah. of like eight episodes yeah it's like it's the story you mm. know and you don't get that episode where you halfway through you're like oh this is a filler episode they need to oh, fill an order of 24 see, but here's episodes the thing for the season you know with the flash it's actually hard to do because even their bad episodes are really good like I, 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 like, I like the show, but I got I got out of it fairly early just because I kind of was like I got backlogged on the DVR and it'd be mm. like and maybe it was a symptomatic of it also being a new show, but and you know and they're trying to get you into all the different characters, but it just kind of felt like it was like all right this one gave me it was like dribs and drabs of an overall story, but it was like I want that more succinct story, you know? It's like I remember sitting in a car dri- driving Jesus Christ, what movie were we going to see? It was me and my buddy were going to see. Uh, you know, something nerdy <laughs> in the movie theater, you know, like, like back about like 10 years ago. And I remember, oh, well, whatever it was, it was the show, we were talking about the show Heroes. And then oh. that first season of Heroes, if yeah. I you remember that first season of Heroes was so good. So good. And, and everybody was so into it. And I was like, they should never have come back. They should have just been like, that's it. That's the show. Yeah. Thanks, guys. And then maybe like five years later, go, which they did kind of do and nobody watched. But like, <laughs> go, go, guess what? We have another idea now and we're going to do like a sequel TV show. I was like, wouldn't it be cool if TV shows kind of operated like that? Like you don't have to, you know, you could wait for like, I mean, in the case of like Twin Peaks, like almost 30 years mm-hmm. for it to come back, you know? But like, but it's like, oh, we have a story to tell now, so we'll come back, you know? It's like, I kind of like that idea. And I also like the, it was funny because this was also part of our conversation and this did just kind of come to pass was like, can we start just having instead of these 24 episode seasons, let's start just having like 12 episodes, 10 episodes, like tell a shorter story, but a better story. Like that. I do agree with like, I I would, um, with all those CW shows, I could go with, you know, probably about, at least five episodes less than what they're giving us. Like, I think the walking dead does it right with 16 episodes. Even that's a little, I think probably cut two episodes out every season, um, and still have the same story. Now, have you watched this last season? Because it's because, because we cut the cord last summer. And so I am, I'm a season behind. I'm waiting for the new one to come out. I did. I did see that. I've heard mixed reviews at best. (laughs) I, I would say overall, and, and, and again, I see when it comes to I, I've adopted a big Kevin Smith mentality of I just try to love everything. Uh, so I'm probably the wrong person to, to talk to about things because I'll probably find the good in everything except for Suicide Squad. And <laughs> I mean, like I said, Batman vs. Superman had Batman in it. So like I, I enjoyed it. But um, but the walking dead season seven, I think it was, uh, it was overall. I thought it was good. I, I enjoyed it. I thought the season premiere was great. I thought the season finale was pretty good. Um, there was maybe there was one episode in the first eight that made, it was, I mean, I guess it was important for an episode that happened later in the in the back half of the season. But I mean, really, a, a whole hour dedicated to it was not needed. And you could just look at the episode to episode like ratings, and and you could see the one that dips way down, and that's the one I'm talking about because yeah. it, it just it is no one liked it. It was just it 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 was awful. And th- they usually have, I think, one episode a year that that tends to be like that, and usually it means nothing to the story or it could be something that you summed up in, in a scene, a uh, scene or two. So I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a good season overall for me. 
don't know. The Walking Dead. That's the, right around when I started reading Civil Wars. When I started reading The Walking Dead as well. So like The Walking Dead is actually like is something I really love and enjoy too. And I, and I try not to. Um, the, the only thing I ever hated of The Walking Dead was the season two farm uh, season. Uh, the, the, it's. Ooh. Well, it's so funny you bring that up because I was that was actually kind of what I was thinking about when you when you were saying about like the different episodes, just in a sense of how like so so I'm gonna be when 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 that finally hits on Netflix and I can catch up on it, I'm gonna be consuming that in a totally different way than you did. Absolutely. And it's so different, like how the way we consume media now and the whole binge culture and 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 what I think you can maybe get away with in storytelling like over a certain amount of time. So for instance, talking about that particular season, for some reason, uh, when that's, when that season started, uh, I was just slept on it for a couple weeks and I had maybe four in our queue to the, to mm-hmm. the point where in the DVR where I was like, I got to start watching these or they'll start deleting. Yeah. Right. So like, so I had to start watching it. So I binged like those four episodes, first four episodes. And I don't know if you remember those episodes, but they were on the highway for a long time. Like you remember they got stuck on the highway and like they didn't find the farm until like maybe, maybe it was four episodes in maybe I'm, maybe I'm misremembering that. I don't, yeah, I don't remember. But I, but they, but I remember people just complaining about the first half of that season, how boring it was. I didn't find it that boring. I watched it in one shot and I was like, okay, okay, that was the story. You know what I mean? So it was like my experience with that was totally different. So that is something that, and I think this proves my theory right on that. See, that was season two. And uh, I used to do a podcast called Academic Nerds with my buddy Garrett Smith, who now does a podcast called I Like to Movie Movie. And <laughs> he we he watched season two of The Walking Dead on Netflix. He, he binged it. And um, we were we talked about at least the first half. And I hated it. I hated the first half of season two because I was I watched it week to week to week to week, and it seemed so slow and so I I I, I honestly forget what I hate about it because it's just it's been so long and it just they've had I think they've been a better show since then. I've now talked to him. I talked to one other guy that lives in Australia, um, uh, who both they both binge watched that season and they they thought it was good. They like the dude in Australia. It's one of his favorite storylines that 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 farm uh, scene or farm season. And it sounds like that you didn't have as much issues with it as everyone else did because you were able to binge watch a bulk of it at least. And, oh no, for sure. And I would say the second half of that season is maybe one of the best parts of that show like the the whole uh shane transformation yes yeah, yeah. Oh, i mean that God. that got really good when they came back from the winter break on that you know when they picked up on that storyline that was just phenomenal yeah and uh, but yeah i mean uh, the the uh yeah I, so so the, the walking dead now i don't i haven't binge watched that show ever i for the most part at most maybe two weeks at a time because we'll fall behind now that we have both kids and they that's a show that we don't turn on when when they're awake because you know my oh, sure. <laughs> yeah they're five years old I, last thing i need is him looking at a bunch of zombies but uh yeah it, it's i've never binge watched it but from what i understand that that there's p- parts of this show are just better when you binge it and i think that farm season is one of them because i I would be. I need to go back and rewatch it because I. I feel like maybe I'll appreciate it a little bit more, but it was 
I, I don't know, just so much time on the farm for for no reason. <laughs> like, I don't know. Well, just to put a button on the whole Batman versus Superman topic, I, I listened to this podcast called Star Wars Minute, okay. which is this fantastic show. I, I absolutely adore it. It's ending soon. Uh, oh, the, like for the season, you know, they take a, a bit of a hiatus when they finish a movie, but they basically go through every Star Wars movie one minute at a time. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I know that might sound tedious, but it's pretty hilarious uh and uh they're they're just finishing up attack of the clones which was a bit of a slog it's definitely the worst star wars movie in existence and the uh and they i mean it got it it got exacerbated by the fact that they were going through it minute by minute like i was like god that is really terrible you know like like some sometimes you like analyze this stuff and like you watch these you listen to this podcast and you're like oh wow i didn't appreciate i didn't appreciate it from this you know certain point of view to use star Wars vernacular. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like this, that movie's just so terrible in more ways than I even realized. And, but they, they put, they said something really interesting. And I think to kind of put it in perspective of the whole Batman versus Superman thing. It's like, they're like, no, <laughs> any star Wars movie is better than no star Wars movies. <laughs> you know, like, like, like the, essentially like, I'm glad it exists because I'll still watch it. Yeah, because it is Star Wars, and I kind of feel the same way with even with Batman versus Superman. It's like I'm still kind of glad they're making it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it sucked, but I'll probably watch it again, and I'll probably hate. You know, like I'll, I'll find some other thing to hate about it, but I will watch it again. I know that for certainty. Yeah, it, you know? it's definitely so, like I can picture myself watching. Like I, I don't know if I'll seek it out, but if it was something that I was flipping through and it up being playing on cable or something i'd probably keep it on and watch it or you know even you know it might be something my kid enjoys because you know when they're young enough they're stupid enough to like the prequel trilogy of star wars yeah that's that's one of the crazy things because these guys that do the show are very much uh just even a little older than us and uh they're very much about the old trilogy and they weren't even going to do the new trilogy. They were kind of wondering if they should even open that Pandora's box. And, uh, and I loved what they did with Phantom Menace, which was, was really great. You know, like kind of the way they approached it. Cause they, they went into it, but they were like, we're going to be super positive. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and sometimes they broke and they definitely broke on attack of the clones, but now they feel like they've gotten over a hump. Cause I think everybody agrees that revenge of the Sith is the better of the three, you know, and well, like, okay, you know, and now we have Revenge of the Sith to look forward to. So it's like, you know, but, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was, I mean, oh man, it was such a slog, but, but they have encountered like a lot of the people that love, there's a lot of people out there that love the, the new trilogy, you know, yeah. that, well, that, cause that's cause they were kids, yep. you know, it's, it's all about what was big when you were a kid, and you know, and the, you know, like my, my kid might be a little young to consider this new trilogy that they're, they're doing. Uh, he might be a little young for, for him, for that to be his trilogy, but there's a generation of kids that are probably about 10 years old right now that they're, they're watching Star Wars for the very first time, uh, with episode seven, or maybe they've watched the other ones as kind of a, as a backlog that the parents made them watch, but like their trilogy is going to be seven, eight and nine. And that's, they're going to hold that near and dear to the heart. And, you know, I think, at least as people who are who consider their trilogy to be the original they're going to we're going to appreciate that more cuz i think we're going to i think we, the the original trilogy people are going to enjoy the next set of movies a lot more than the the prequel trilogies sure uh, and that's actually why i have a theory about what they do beyond this 
is probably going to start to harken back to the prequels. Like after they finish these movies, because they've made these movies for us. Yeah. Ostensibly, you know, they kind of like evoking more of these, like, you know, the, 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 uh, the tactile in terms of like special effects and Mm -hmm. stuff like Mm -hmm. that. And, and blending that with the digital, I wouldn't be surprised if you see like a return to like those, like kind of soft edges and pastels that seem to really like harken back to that, to the prequels. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if like in like, Maybe I'm not talking like next year. I'm not talking like maybe even five years, but maybe in 10 years. Yeah. Like, I mean, who knows? Maybe all they need to do is one really awesome Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. And that's it. You, oh. you know, maybe like that's that's the gateway and back into that, you know, because I, I actually think, I mean, if you look at what the Clone Wars cartoon has done and what Rebels is doing right now, I mean, there's certainly stuff to mine from that time period. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it just it just wasn't done very well. <laughs> I but see I would like I I wouldn't uh, I would be lying if I said I wasn't worried about a young Han Solo movie but like I, I get it like it could be really good and it should be really good uh, I think Rogue One proved that they can they can tell other stories besides the the Star Wars saga stories um, but. Uh, I would say, like, if they if they said that the next movie was going to be Obi Wan Kenobi versus Han Solo, I honestly think I'd be more stoked to see that because that's a character who, like, I don't like it, like Han Solo kind of has like a a bit of mystery about him uh, that that makes him who he is. So I don't know if I, like seeing a, an early story about him is something I actually want. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how much I want to go through the the hoops of like, uh, oh no, they're going to do the Kessel Run, yeah, you know, like yeah. like these kind of fan service moments. It's like that's how he got his vest, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. I know like, I mean, who knows? I, I, I'm not writing it off by any means. Like, I actually think they could they could tell a really interesting story. And uh, but yeah, the the Obi Wan thing, I think. But I only you know I want you and McGregor to have a good one. Yeah, yeah he was yeah. so good in those movies. Like he was the high point of all three of those those prequel movies it's like i want to see him get a a good one you know yeah. like I, I just just i don't know i don't know what story you tell i mean and, he's pretty much stuck on the in the desert i don't know if you take him out of that i think you'd almost have to but yeah uh, i think I don't know how you retcon that story but you know it 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 could be interesting and you know what i i wouldn't be surprised here, here's my here here was my theory i was kicking around because they haven't announced what this new what a new uh uh, what are they calling them? Anth- no, they're not the anthologies. Uh, whatever. Yeah. They're the, the Star the, Wars the story. Stories. The Star Wars story. Yeah. What, the, what the one is going to be after Han Solo. And I think I think it's going to be Obi-Wan. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're not announcing it because it might be a tell about Rey. Yeah, and it sounds like there's a lot. I don't know who it was. Maybe it was Kathleen Kennedy. Maybe it was somebody else. But there was a, like a lot of controversy about why aren't they announcing the next um, it was either why they aren't announcing what the next Star Wars story is about, or why ha- why haven't they committed to doing an Obi Wan yet? Uh, and it's and it's because th- like everyone feels that it's linked to Ray, which I mean makes sense, totally makes. Uh, so sense. I didn't I didn't make that up. People are talking. About yeah, that. no, that totally is something that's out there in the ether, and and uh, it is. I mean, I I hope that Ray is not a Skywalker. Like it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope she's not either. I agree with you. Yeah. Like if it, if she is, it's just like, I mean, I get it. It, it, it makes sense, but 
I don't know. That's just me predicting the story. And I don't want that. Like, I want you to surprise me and make it. And I think you could like, that could be Obi-Wan's kid. Uh, and so I don't know how, I mean, I guess maybe grandkid. Yeah. I don't know if it could be kid. Yeah. I guess it has wise. Yeah. It, I mean, there'd be a lot of retconning to do, but <laughs> it would, yeah, have to be grandkid or, or something like that. But, yeah. You've heard it here first, though. If the Han Solo movie is not called Scoundrels, a Star Wars story, I don't want to see it. Oh I don't want to see it. It's got to be called Scoundrels, uh, right? Because they're not going to call it Han. Or like if they call it Solo, a Star Wars story, that's lame. they got to yeah. come up with something different. Name. I like Scoundrels. It's got to be called Scoundrels, right? I like that one. I, I would. That's that's. I mean, it's better than Han Solo, a Star Wars movie or something like that. Which, yeah. if I had to guess, is probably what it's going to be called, is Han Solo. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Most common denominator. Yeah, it's, but. it's, um, but oh, okay. So uh, before we go, uh, we got to nothing really. But you kind of, <laughs> without me having to ask the questions, you you answered a lot of the things that I would normally ask uh, anyway. So I feel like we've heard your origin story here. Uh, but but to kind of give it an official, uh, I guess, official little bow. Um, obviously your podcast high res is you can find high res at high You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at high res pod. Uh, get your tickets to our live show. It's going to be a kitchen table gallery on July, on July 22nd at 3 PM. Uh, you can get the tickets at event or I'm sorry. You can get your tickets at high res pod, high uh, like I said, you get the first 25 tickets, get a gift bag at the door, and we're giving away uh, The Process is the Inspiration, uh, the new book from House Industries. Uh, I had a chance to talk with those guys a couple of weeks ago. It was an awesome conversation. They're, they're, they're uh, personal heroes of mine in the graphic design world, and uh, it was really awesome to, to sit down and chat with them at their studio in York Lynn. And, uh, yeah, so and I'm really excited for their, their new book to come out. I got I had got a chance to look through it. It's awesome. If you're a fan of them, you're going to love the book. And we'll be giving a, a copy of it away there. And uh, Steve DeCasadis and Kathy Mueller will be joining me on stage. So uh, if you're a fan of graphic design, if you're a fan of just, uh, you know, uh, three people getting together, talking on stage and having a good time, get, get some swag at the door, come on out. I'd love to have you there. Uh, I'm very excited. So this is um, your first year for the Philadelphia Podcast Fest, right? Yeah, yeah, first year. I, you know, I, I only discovered it as it was happening last year. So okay, so, uh, I was, I'm really excited to be involved this year. That's that's what I heard. Uh, I had a meeting with uh, Nathan and Tegan uh, earlier this year, and that's what they were telling me. They that a lot of people found out about it last year and uh and it kind of like turned into this like thing where like what are we going to do with all these shows that want to be part of the podcast fest and uh, it's kind of amazing how many shows how many shows local philly shows there are it's it's really great and and you know what uh, what's nuts about that as well is that uh, is we uh I actually stole this from uh, the show Doom Thugs. Doom Thugs calls themselves the number one podcast in Delco, uh, <laughs> and I'm out in Bucks County, so I've I've called myself the number one podcast in Bucks County. Uh, I felt like because I I gave them an opportunity to perform their show live at Atomic City Comics that I could steal that and everything would be okay. Uh, but doing so, uh, I've do, doing setting up these interviews. I've found out that there's like at least two other or three other podcasters. 
that are literally within 15 minutes of me here in Bucks County. Uh, so I, it's, I, I'm still going to take claim as the number one podcast in Bucks <laughs> County because like, why not? Like, they're not going to argue that. And if they do, then like, I mean, it's just my audience versus their audience. So right, like, right. who cares? And you know what? A good, a good podcast war couldn't hurt, you know? <laughs> oh my God. I'm a fan of those old school radio wars. Though. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I would love to do, I actually have this dream of, I don't, I only have talked to this person once and I want to get him on my show, but his name, oh, what the fuck is, uh, his name is Noah, 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 I want to butcher his last name, but Noah Houlihan, maybe, uh, he's a stand up uh, comedian in Philly. He's part of the plus two, uh, comedy people. And they do a podcast and they do a lot of conventions, like a lot of comic cons they go to and do their stand up act or their podcast there live. And I believe that Noah, like I know he's into wrestling and I think like he hooks up with some of these like very indie wrestling things. And I don't know if he actually wrestles with them or not, but like I've seen pictures of him in wrestling gear and I'm like, my God, if I could somehow... Like, I want to get him on the show, and then I want to set up this podcast war between us that ends in the ring so that I can finally have an excuse to, like, go and wrestle again. Because <laughs> it's been, like, I think 2009 was my last match. So, like, I would love to just throw on the wrestling gear again and go for it. But, uh, yeah, podcast wars, I love. I would love to have, like, a nice, like, just little fun, tongue-in-cheek podcast war. Sure, sure. A friendly, a friendly rivalry. Sure. Yeah, exactly. No, but it's uh, am- it's amazing how many people are out there doing it. Oh you know, it's one of those like high tide rises all ships kind of deals. Yeah. You know, like- well, and that's like again going like back to Kevin Smith again on this show is um, I-, I I agree with him that everyone should do one because there's no bad ideas really. Like it's it's you know every every good podcast and trust me like if you're not good at it you're not gonna last. Uh, like you're going to give up more than likely you're going to give up on yourself at some point. Cause it's, and, and I think earlier in our conversation, you know, you said something about, um, you know, the doubt or whatever. And, and, and like half the battle, more than half the battle is starting your podcast. And then from there, like not like 50% of people that start a podcast, they usually don't get past episode 10. And then like 50% of those people, they don't get to episode 50. So like it's, it's, a ton of people start and there's a ton of there's a ton of podcasts out there but chances are a lot of them aren't active uh you know it's it's just you you need to get out there and do it i think if you get out there and do it and you're good at it it elevates everyone to do better yeah no and absolutely absolutely and one of the things that i've i've always tried to do like we put the show out every two weeks uh and that's really just what i can handle schedule wise but uh, I'd love to do, you know, a weekly show, but I just don't think I could really turn it around or give it mm-hmm. the quality that it needs. But uh, but the, uh, the one of the things about that schedule is I've held to that schedule. You know, yeah. like, like in every two weeks, you are going to find an episode of High Res. And, and without fail, knock on wood, that's been the case since I, since I finally locked onto that schedule. I mean, there was a, a couple start and stops when I first got going where it was like, I was, I think my first schedule where I was going to be, I was like, we're going to come out the first and 15th of every month. And then I was like, that doesn't work because the 15th might be a Sunday and no one's paying attention, you know, like yeah. I'm trying to promote it. So, you know, and then I was like, I was like, okay, that doesn't work. So I'll go to the every two weeks and, but everything, every I mean, I, but I, I've stuck to any schedule I've had, I've stuck to that schedule. And I can't think, I, I think I started on the every two 
two weeks fairly early on where I realized like the whole first and 15th thing was just, uh, you know, not working. And, uh, and yeah, and there's always been an episode there. And look, if, if I need to sit here and read the newspaper just to put out an episode, you know, for, if for some reason <laughs> I didn't have an interview, uh, I, I mean, I would do it, you know, uh, yeah. because I, because I want people to be able to find the show. You know, yeah. when, when they're expecting it, because it kind of goes back to what we were talking about of like, you know, the shows that you listen to and those you count on those shows, you know, like yeah. you count on them being there. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'd be honored if somebody is into my show so much that they're, you know, checking their feed, you know, every other Tuesday looking for it, you know, and uh, and waiting for it to come out like that's that's such a thrill to think that that that, you know, is the case. And and I don't want to let that, you know listener down you know so meanwhile this show does nothing but let their listeners down because <laughs> as we speak i'm an episode behind in posting so it's uh it's see for me it's one of those things where like if i like because i am weekly the littlest thing that that derails you derails you like i got i was sick for a day and a half so like i lost all that time finally got the episode edited the day that i was supposed to post it and then like the day job blew up. So I, I just, I like, I'm going to post it tomorrow morning finally, but yeah, yeah, it's one of those things where, um, again, I kind of go back to, for me, um, I, the mentality of me doing it for me now more than anyone else kind of helps me like, okay, I, I didn't get it out on time. It's all right. I'll still put it out. Uh, but, and I'm still like, that means I'm just putting, I'm releasing two episodes this week. You know, I'll have episode 69 and 70 up within a couple of days of each other. Um, I, again, I, I, I think for me, uh, the audience, you know, the audience that, that I want to have is going to be the audience that gets it. And they like, Oh, okay. He's, he's a week late or he skipped a week or whatever. Like whatever. We'll still listen. That's the, like they're the, that's the audience I care about. The one that gets like, they just get it. They get the fact that, Hey, you're going to get an episode, whether well, it's on time or not. It comes out Wednesday ish. We all know that. And, and I think, uh, I'm, I'm sure you feel this way too. It's like, I've certainly found this with my show. It's like, if, if you don't like me, you are not going to like my show. Oh, you, know, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's, it's like, so I feel like the people who have bought in have bought in, you know, yeah. like, like it's, it's like, because I mean, it's uh, my conversations with guests go very much like this conversation went where it's like, we're both sharing, you know, and, yeah. you know, it's, it's not just this one sided interview. Like, of course I am the person conducting the interview. So, you know, the, uh, the guest is, you know, has more of the onus is more on them to like bring it, you know, in a sense, like, but but yeah, but like if they go like we were talking about tangents and it's like if they if they start talking about something, if they start talking about Batman versus Superman, I'm going to tell them what I thought of it and like go into my in-depth, you know, uh, rant on why I thought it sucked, you know, yeah, and yeah. it's like and and frankly, I'm sure I probably have done that like several times already over the course oh, yeah. of the show. It's probably one of those things where they go, oh, shit, he's talking about Batman yeah, versus yeah. Superman. Again. I, and I you think know? every podcaster has that story. Like for me, it's several stories. That's my love for Kevin Smith. It's how I got into podcasting. It's how I used to wrestle. Like I, and I try to like avoid my origin stories now. Cause I, I subjected year one audience to that a lot. Uh, I, so I, I, I have a couple of things right now. Like, I've just started to be like, and especially after I was doing the uh, the research for that for that keynote address that I was telling you about, 
I realized I was like, oh, I talk about this way too much. Like, yeah. like, and I like flagged my. It was so funny because I flagged myself. I was like, okay, you gotta stop bringing that up. Even if the <laughs> opportunity comes up, just move past it because people have heard that. You know, like, if you're thinking of your show as this continuous, like, you know, you listen every week. It's like people have gotten it, right? Yeah. And I had this one thing in my head. I was like, okay, don't bring it up. And then I had. The next guest I recorded with, she was like, I think I've heard you talk about this once before. She brought it up, and I was like, well, I've got to talk about it now. I'm like, I can't not talk about yeah. it. You're bringing it up. <laughs> I've had guests bring up wrestling before, and they're like, yeah, like you used to wrestle, right? I'm like, oh, boy. Yeah, how can you let that go? <laughs> yeah. And like, you mentioned WWF a few times. I'm like, mm, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let this one go. Like, I don't need to. We don't need to go down an hour rabbit hole about wrestling. Like That could be another conversation for another day. Well, we should uh, definitely have another conversation another day because this was awesome. Yeah, totally. Uh, <laughs> yeah, anytime. I I love having guests on. I, obviously, I, I'm a I'm a big talker, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, def. I think post uh, podcast fest world will be a time when I can rest uh, my lungs from talking because there's going to be at least thirty Philadelphia podcaster fest uh, podcaster festival goers on between now and uh, I think July nineteenth is when I'm cutting it off. Uh, so that everyone gets their proper promotion in for their live shows. Oh, that's uh, awesome. So, yeah, I can't wait. Uh, Ryan, thank you for being on the show. Absolutely. Uh, pleasure talking with you. Uh, everyone, make sure you check out High Res Pod at what's the website again? Well, it's highrespod.com and at highrespod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. New episode out every two weeks. We got a new, we're off this week. We got a new one coming out the next week, though, uh, with Rashid Zakat. And uh, that probably means nothing in the time when this is actually posted because <laughs> timey wimey is just it? just check out highrespod.com. <laughs> we're on I mean, we're on we're on iTunes, Google Play, all the all the channels, Stitcher, uh, you know, SoundCloud. You can find us for sure. And make sure you check out the Philadelphia Podcast Fest. That's what this show is all about this month. Uh, Philadelphia Podcast Fest is going to be held at multiple venues: Tattooed Moms, Bridge Set Sounds, uh, Amalgam Comics and Coffee House, KTG or Kitchen Table gallery i believe is the full name for it uh and that's where you can find ryan's show on july 22nd at 3 p.m if i remember correctly that's right uh and make sure you of course the weekend before check out everything is awesome late night when we go live at tattooed moms on july 16th uh, from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. We're going to have Brian Durkin as our stand-up comedian that night. Mike D'Angelo will be there to be my co-host. It's my birthday weekend, so who knows what... I'm probably going to be drunk, let's be honest. Uh, at two, <laughs> I, I'm going to have a couple beers in me by then. Uh, I'm so excited for it. I'll, if you want to hang out and just meet with me and some of the other podcasters, I know I'll be at Tattooed Moms on the 15th and 16th, kind of helping managing things. So uh, come check me out there. Check Ryan out at his live podcast fest on the the 22nd on highrespod.com and all the fun places that he already mentioned uh you can find me on twitter at that nerdy kev you can find this show on twitter at real awesome pod you can find us on the interwebs awesomepodcast.com we're part of the core temp arts podcast network on coretemparts.com for everything is awesome i'm kev and we've been awesome thank you for listening to the core temp arts podcast network to listen to more core temp arts shows visit coretemparts.com